Florid, uh, overdressed chap, who I told you was one of the cleverest thieves in town. I remember him. Crawshay, his name turned out to be. Well, it was certainly the name he was convicted under, so Crawshay let it be. You needn't waste any pity on him, old chap. He escaped from Dartmoor yesterday afternoon. Well done. Raffles smiled but his eyebrows had gone up and his shoulders followed suit. Eh, you're perfectly right. It was very well done indeed. I wonder you didn't see it in the paper. In a dense fog on the moor yesterday, good old Crawshay made a bolt for it and got away without a scratch under heavy fire. All honour to him, I agree. A fellow with that much grit deserves his liberty. But Crawshay has a good deal more. They hunted him all night long, couldn't find him for nuts, and that was all you missed in the morning papers. He unfolded a Pall Mall, which he'd brought in with him. But listen to this. Here's an account of the escape, with just the addition which puts the thing on a higher level. The fugitive has been traced to Totnes, where he appears to have committed a peculiarly daring outrage in the early hours of this morning. He is reported to have entered the lodgings of the Reverend A. H. Ellingworth, curate of the parish, who missed his clothes on rising at the usual hour. Later in the morning, those of the convict were discovered neatly folded at the bottom of a drawer. Meanwhile, Crawshay had made good his second escape, though it is believed that so distinctive a guise will lead to his recapture during the day. Mm, what do you think of that, Bunny? He's certainly a sportsman, said I, reaching for the paper. He's more, said Raffles. He's an artist, and I envy him. The curate of all men. Beautiful, huh? Beautiful. But that's not all. I saw just now on the board at the club that there's been an outrage on the line near Dawlish. Parson found insensible in the six-foot way. Our friend again. The telegram doesn't say so, but it's obvious. He simply knocked some other fellow out, changed clothes again, and come on gaily to town. Isn't it great? I do believe it's the best thing of the kind that's ever been done. But why should he come to town? In an instant, the enthusiasm faded from Raffles's face. Clearly, I had reminded him of some prime anxiety— forgotten in his impersonal joy over the exploit of a fellow criminal. He looked over his shoulder towards the lobby before replying. I believe, said he, that the beggar's on my tracks. And as he spoke, he was himself again, quietly amused, cynically unperturbed, characteristically enjoying the situation and my surprise. But look here, what do you mean? said I. What does Crawshay know about you? Not much, but he suspects. Why should he? Because, in his way, he's very nearly as good a man as I am. Because, my dear Bunny, with eyes in his head and brains behind them, he couldn't help suspecting. He saw me once in town with old Baird. He must have seen me that day in the pub, on the way to Milchester, as well as afterwards on the cricket field. As a matter of fact, I know he did, for he wrote and told me so before his trial. 
He wrote to you? And you never told me? The old shrug answered the old grievance. Oh, what was the good, my dear fellow? It would only have worried you. Well, what did he say? That he was sorry he'd been run in before getting back to town, as he had proposed doing himself the honour of paying me a call. However, he trusted it was only a pleasure deferred, and he begged me not to go and get lagged myself before he came out. Of course he knew the Melrose necklace was gone, though he hadn't got it, and he said that the man who could take that and leave the rest was a man after his own heart. And so on, with certain little proposals for the far future, which I fear may be the very near future indeed. I'm only surprised he hasn't turned up yet. He looked again towards the lobby, which he'd left in darkness, with the inner door shut as carefully as the outer one.